This is Season 3 of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's regular podcast where the team roping world talks. We've told the stories of some of the greatest cowboys, horses, and moments in the sport, and we're so far from done. In 2020, we'll bring you more of what you've come to expect, like interviews with the best cowboys and cowgirls we know, and we'll dive even deeper into subjects you care about. Look for more audio editions of the Team Roping Journal stories you might have missed in print, and learn about the great horses shaping the sport and great challenges facing our industry. All this and more in 2020. I'm Chelsea Schaefer. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Score. Today's show is with two-time NFR healer Shay Carroll, originally from La Junta, Colorado. Shay's an interesting guy. He's an all-around hand who's shown up in a short-brim custom hat to bulldog at places like the Cinch Time Event Championships. And he's a switch ender who took a few years off of healing to spin some steers. And now he's a horseman who shows quarter horses for the elite breeders at DT Horses. Shay's last trip to the finals was in 2016, and this year he's teaming up with world champion Levi Simpson. We're going to cover a lot of ground in this interview. Today's episode is brought to you by ManaPro. At ManaPro, they believe in nurturing life. Since 1985, ManaPro has been committed to providing high-quality, wholesome feeds, supplements, and treats to your horses at every stage of their lives. Their passion is happy, healthy pets, and they're your trusted partners just for that. All right, Shay. So to get started, thank you for meeting me here this morning. I'm not sure when we're going to air this podcast, but right now we're at the National Western in Denver. Is this your first rodeo of the year, or did you go to Odessa? No, we went to Odessa. How was it? I got a leg on the first one. Levi did a good job. And then the second one, we were 4-2 and split fourth, fifth, sixth. So this is your second rodeo with Levi, or did you guys go we, last? We ended last year, the, uh-huh. like the last, I don't know, eight rodeos. Uh-huh. So what are you? how did you get to know Levi? Uh, I've actually tried to been roping with him for probably maybe six or seven years. When I come out of high school, we talked about going to Canada, and it's just never really worked. Then last year we kind of just got paired up because of circumstances, and we were both super happy with uh, how that happened. So, mm-hmm. very cool. Um, so you've been your your career path has kind of wavered and had some ebbs and flows the last couple of years. Tell me, give me a little summary of what you've been doing since your last trip to the finals, and that was 2016. Yeah, I made the finals in 2016, and. Uh, I, had, I healed that winter, and then I wanted to try the heading out because I thought there was probably a little more horsemanship involved in the heading, and that was a huge learning curve. The first year I did pretty good, but I ruined all my head horses, so then the second year they were all toasted and fried. Did you and, cripple them or fry them, or what happened? No, nah, they just duck and not run and not score. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge learning curve, probably the best thing I've ever done. And then, too, I think is probably the most improvement I've ever had in my healing was in those two years. So hmm. I'm super... Super happy I did it, and uh, I've got some young head horses. I'll probably go back at some point. Can you tell on like yourself? To, Can you tell like a little bit about what happened with your head horses while you were heading? Misconceptions. You know, mm-hmm. you start off with misconceptions of how it should probably work. Bad riding with your feet. Mm-hmm. You know, bad hands. Too much with your feet. Too little with no, your feet. Uh, what was going it, on? It's real different. You know, mm-hmm. the buttons are different, and uh, the way they need to operate is different. The move. Um, that they have to make 
I had a misconception of how that move probably needed to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a lot of help from speed. And I'm, like I said, I'm super glad I did it. I think that's the mm -hmm. probably the most improvement I've had in my horsemanship as a whole, heading or healing, was those two years. So, What was your misconception with the move? The head horses? Yeah. Well, you got some that bend too much, so then I went the other way, and I didn't want them to okay. bend at all. I kind of wanted them to, I don't know, stay pretty straight, and then you can't handle the steers, and then after a little bit, they they start heading out before you throw, and I, I ruined quite a bit of them. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I'm glad you brought it up, because I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't, I'm impressed that you admit that. That's Oh, it's just... Uh, I just kind of view all of it as like a craft. You're just working mm -hmm. at your craft, and mm -hmm. every day you're kind of trying to get better at it, whether it's head and healing, riding a two-year-old. and You kind of have to admit what you're doing wrong and where your holes are to improve. you got to be realistic. you got to mm -hmm. be confident, but you also have to be realistic in where your holes are at. Mm -hmm. When you were in the middle of it, when you are in the middle of the heading process and, and going through all that, how were you mentally? Were you calm and it was like a craft? Or were you fighting it? Were you? Whoa. Oh, I, I loved heading. It was so much easier for me mentally mm -hmm. because you got to think you really get kind of the same role every time. There, there's variations, but not anywhere close to the same variations that happen in the healing. Mm -hmm. Healing is very much a reaction sport. Heading, if you mess up, you go to the next rodeo, you're probably going to get the same. The start will be different. But it's going to be straight down the middle. Steer's head's probably going to be up. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a lot easier on my mental side of it than having to... Because I'm pretty black and white, and I, one thing I always messed up healing was not reacting to it. I try to plan too much. Sure. Head and you I can, can plan that. a little bit more, mm -hmm. and uh, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really, really loved it. But what I also noticed about the head is I had probably six or seven head horses, and I really only won on two of them. Mm -hmm. The others were good, but you, you, there's only certain horses I could win on. And I think that's everybody. You know, you find horses you can win on. And once they were done, it was just game over for the head. What was the old bay that you had? Jim Dandy. Jim Dandy. And yeah. that was the horse Trevor won the world on? Yeah, so I love Jim Dandy. He taught me so much about the head. And, no, Turtle won the world on Turtle him. won the world on Richard DeGarren won yeah. head horse of the BFI on him. Yeah. And... Uh, a lot of people had thought he was done. You know, he wouldn't yeah. score and he wouldn't run. I got him for very, very cheap, and he wouldn't score, wouldn't run for me originally either. Mm -hmm. I actually bought him, and I went to the George Strait like three days later, and I had someone come up to me, and they said, don't ride that horse, he'll just duck. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, shoot, you know, I just bought him. Mm -hmm. And he was good there, but what I ended up doing, he wouldn't score and wouldn't run for me. What I ended up doing is I went back all the way to the – Though Agarin, Richard Agarin's wife, mm -hmm. I figured out how she rode him and how she trained him. And the way I ended up getting him to work was I used a uh, like a little gag with a real high curb strap. Mm -hmm. And they used to ride a perfect bit on him. I rode that on him a lot. But I never uh, made him in the practice pen. I went to like jerseys and I let him just walk out and trot up to the jersey. And I did that eight, ten times. And I go to the rodeo, he would score and he'd run. He'd do it. That's awesome. Yeah, and he, me and him were buddies. I love that word. Do you still have him, or did he? Uh, I pretty much give him to my cousins over in Yuma. He's mm -hmm. 22. And they... Nice. It's one of them things you need to ride a great one to really understand uh, what a great one is. So mm -hmm. even though he's he was 22 and old, he still had things that... That he could teach them. Yeah, that sure. he could teach them, yeah. Very cool. So 
transitioning back to healing, what did you learn in that time heading that's helping you now? Well, uh, one of the things I noticed a lot was when I healed, I was around a lot of good headers. Mm -hmm. I was around very few good healers because, you know, if I go heal for Charlie, there's not two healers there. It's me and Charlie. If I go heal for Speed, it's me and Speed, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I went to head and I started practicing with Travis Graves, I'd head for him, I'd head for Corey Koontz. Um, Nano Garza, ex extremely, extremely good. And you got, you kind of get to see the different variations of how people are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I picked up a lot of different things of uh, when those guys are accelerating through the turn, when they're holding in the turn, uh, some of their unique deals in their swing. Um, Nano's probably got one of the most simple and effective swings in the whole PRCA, and I learned a lot from him. Why do you say that about Nano's swing? What, what about it's it? It's just perfect. It's all the time. You know, he can be in a in a bad spot, but his swing is so perfect. It allows it, he gets it into small windows, and he rarely slips legs. Mm -hmm. If the steers whip hard, he's always in a good spot, and his swing his swing lets him just come right out of it and put it down. And I, I took a lot from him. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's very, where did you come across Nano? Where did you, did you guys rope together? Uh, well, I was in Arizona, mm -hmm. and he was talking about wanting to go rodeo. When I went to Head, and I couldn't find anybody that wanted to go, and uh, we talked about it, and it was a good deal because Nano was not a rookie healer. Mm -hmm. He was a rookie to the PRCA, but he was not. He was a very veteran healer. Vice versa, I was not a rookie to the PRCA. I knew how to enter. I knew how to get around but I was a rookie hitter, mm -hmm. so we complemented each other pretty well. That's cool, absolutely. Now, as far as getting help in your horsemanship, who do you look to for help? Um, really depends on what we're doing. Are we riding two-year-olds, three-year-olds, head horses, heel horses? You tell me what you like. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think Sean Grant, and probably as good as I've seen with the three-year-olds, um, he's helped me tremendously this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, head horses definitely speed or Larry D mm -hmm. and uh, what is how are speed and Larry D different do they no, agree they're, they're, on stuff or do, I think they agree more than they probably let on <laughs> yeah. yeah but they they're both outstanding and they both really know their craft and I uh, I'm pretty lucky that I've gotten to take some of her stuff and some of his stuff and try to mm -hmm. see where where some middle grounds at yeah, absolutely. The heel horses, uh, you know, Sean helped me a bunch, and there's been so many people along the way that it's it's gotten so meddled now that I, I've rode with everybody and took bits and pieces of everybody. And there's people that do so many good things that you look at and you want to improve on and maybe try to take those parts and put them into what you're trying to mix. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you just horsemanship in general. I started with older horses when I was young mm -hmm. and started kind of working backwards. And now I'm down to, like, I've been putting the first rides on a couple of my two-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And uh, understanding how to get them to ride around has helped a lot in just understanding how to ride the finished product mm -hmm. more. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I think wish I'd started doing that sooner. Yeah. Because there for a while, see, I, I got into the horsemanship because I wanted to be able to keep them doing the cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And then later, it was I wanted to be able to get them to put it in them. So I was getting them at 90 days or 120 days, and now I'm down to, you know, putting the first rides on them. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is, 
the first 30 rides is probably the most important first 60 rides the first 60 steers how you have them enter the corner the first 60 steers super important head horses the first 60 steers you run and how you're having a move it, it's very difficult to get the wrong thing out of them but if you put it in them correctly then it's the same thing it's mm -hmm. hard to get it out they'll do it for mm -hmm. forever now I know you are, you know, you work with Sean or you have worked with Sean quite a bit over the years or the last year probably. Mm -hmm. Sean is very into, and Dean is very into the Clinton Anderson method mm -hmm. of cult starting. Is that how you're learning to ride two-year-olds or? I think there's the same thing. There's probably a lot more agreement in that industry than they would like to admit. Mm -hmm. But what I've seen there is some probably the best started three-year-olds to rope on that I've personally ever seen. You know, as far as uh, probably gentle, soft, willing, and uh, that, that program that they've got over there is going the right direction. Um, as far as bridles that they're riding in, they're riding in snaffles the first 30 days, is that? No. No? Um, well, tell me how, yeah, tell me the bit evolution there. They've really followed the Clinton Anderson method mm -hmm. where they just cruise around the first couple, I mean, tons of groundwork, but when they first get on them, they're just in a loping halter. They hold on to the saddle horn, and they just kick them around. And they go to the corner, they click to them, whip them kind of on the butt, and go, go, go. What will end up happening is about five rides into it, the horse won't want to go anymore. The whole idea is getting the horse to where you're pushing the horse from the very beginning and never having to pull. You're not you wa wasting your breakaway. And I, I like that idea. I like that. that yeah. I never had horses over there pull on you. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Now, as far as the horse show side of things, uh, how do you feel about it this far into the... How, when did you start showing in the AQHA, and how are you feeling about the experience so far? I haven't showed very much in the AQHA. I've just showed my own. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to go test it out, so I just took my own horses, and I went to Fort Worth a couple times, like probably the last four years. I've done well with my own horses, and uh, then the fraternity come along, and I really like that. I think that's the way it needs to go. I think they're judging the horses correctly. I think it's really good for the industry. And I'm pretty, I'm real excited about that. You know, mm -hmm. I've got some good client horses. I've got some good horses that are my own. And uh, hopefully that deal just kind of keeps taking off because I think it's good for the industry and we're going mm -hmm. to need that. Well, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to come out, like I said, but we're, for our March issue, we're doing a breeder's guide and I just talked to John and Kay Colsarp, who uh -huh. own Bet, he's a freckled cat, yeah. um, and they they also said, known as Answer. Yeah. Answer. They said Good wonderful one. things about you and your relationship with that horse. Yeah, so. yeah, that's an outstanding horse. Rhett Baker did uh, an amazing job getting him broke and taking him to the snaffle bit. By the time I got on him, very simple mm -hmm. to uh, to ride, very simple to uh, rope on. Just kind of point him to the cow. I've got a. Um, a three seat performance horse mm -hmm. that is three coming four that I'm super excited about. I'm already starting, just turned four. I'm already starting her on stairs and she's going to be super flashy. But I own her mom. I got mm -hmm. I got her mom from them. And uh, she has a colt here coming uh, maybe 14 days mm -hmm. and then I'll rebreed it to answer. That's cool. So next year I'll have a, a colt out of answer. That'll be my first one. I love that horse's story. We'll talk. Yeah, he's, he's neat. He's yeah, a neat horse. it's a neat horse, and they seem like really neat people. I think. Oh, I... they've they've been amazing, and they're amazing to everybody. They treat everybody mm -hmm. like family, and 
probably could learn something from them. You come from a really close family. Talk about how kind of getting out into the industry and the broader industry as a whole has been in your experience. Like, how have you navigated the politics of team roping, the culture of team roping, rodeo lifestyle, all of it? What are your thoughts this many years in? I know, that's a big question. I know, that is a big question. I worded it terribly. I hope you can... No, like (laughs) I said earlier, I think it is... I I went through different phases of what I've thought about the industry and where it's going and whatnot, but where I'm at now is uh, I've pretty much, in my opinion, I I have a connection or a relationship with most of the people in the industry, Mm -hmm. whether we're close or not, but we have a positive relationship. And then... Now it's just working on your craft every day and uh, being humble enough to ask those people for help. And it seems that once they understand that uh, or they they realize that, they're very willing to help you. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the older I get, the more I realize, the less I know. Mm -hmm. It's just, I feel like the first two, really the first, first two years I made the NFR, it was probably just on a little bit of, you're so confident and you're so... You don't really know what you're doing, uh-huh. uh, and I wish I could probably get some of that back. But mm-hmm. I think this is the right way to go. So, when I first met you, I think was it the college finals? You won the college finals twice, correct? Just, Just once. once? Yeah. Okay, it was the first year then that you won, or the, the only year you won the college finals yeah. that I first met you. What were you going to school for? Uh, business marketing. And you have your degree. Any plans, or are you using business marketing in day-to-day life? Any plans to? I started out trying to, and uh, I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. And where I'm at now is I've got, obviously I pulled off social media and stuff just because I don't think it's in the be- it's good for companies and stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's in the best interest for normal people. Uh, your mental health and stuff like that is just not good for me, mm-hmm. I don't think. So now, I guess what I'm trying to do is, if you just represent yourself correctly and you know everybody in the industry already, mm-hmm. and you treat them right, and you can market yourself that way, mm-hmm. if that sure. makes sense. I mean, I think Jake and Clay kind of got somewhere without social media at yeah, some point. So yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... Do you like teaching schools? Um, it really depends. On, I, I get excited about it, but then depending on the, the kind of students you run into, there's a wide variety of students, and as you put them on, you'll kind of get to be able where you can uh, identify why those people are there very early in the school and then kind of gravitate towards the ones that are there truly to learn. Those are the ones I, mm-hmm. there's people there that are tell, they're just there to chat. There's people there that are just to say they went to your school. There's people that just want you to tell them how good their horse is. But there's a very small group of people that come that truly want to get better. I love helping those. And th- those people we usually end up making long-term connections and, uh, I don't mind looking at videos all day long mm-hmm. for them because same thing if they're working at their craft whatever if they're three or an eight I love helping those people we're gonna take a break from this interview to talk about Cetal M the joint health supplement champions colleagues and personal trainers whatever role they play 
They're an important part of our lives. And as much as we count on them, they count on us all the more. Cetal M Joint Supplements for Horses is a new approach to joint health. Powered by omega-5 fatty acids, which helps maintain healthy joints by reducing inflammation and promoting positive immune response. Cetal M uses an optimal blend of plant-derived cetal meristoliate, glucosamine, and MSM for superior results. Visit scorejointhealth.com for your $10 off coupon. For tough rides and long hauls, they're here to make your horse's lives the best they can be. Manapro, nurturing life. Remember, it's scorejointhealth.com for a $10 off coupon. Tell me about your practice session. What does a day in the practice pen for Shea Carroll look like? Some people talk about perfecting practice and making sure it's a planned situation. Tell me about yours. Mm. Well, I guess because there's so many things as far as I've had lots of finished heel horses, that would be one practice. I've had lots of finished head horses, that's another practice. I've had very few finished horses and green horses, that's another practice. So what I would really say is every time I've tried to plan practices, at the end of the practice it's deviated from the plan. Yeah. So you got to have a broad plan of what you think needs to happen, mm -hmm. but you also have to be in the practice flexible enough to uh, to change. And I think that's reading your horse for whatever he's needing at that moment, mm -hmm. right? So maybe you think, today I need to push this horse and I'm going to rope for me. And you run two steers and that was not what he mm -hmm. needed today. And it's been flexible enough to stop and say, hey, okay, I'm just going to put tie him up. Now I'm going to rope the dummy on him later. I'm going to ride this horse. And that flexibility is what think is needed to get the most out of your practice you got to have a broad plan but then at the same time uh, let the horse tell you what's what mm -hmm. the practice is that day once they're good you know I'm I've had good horses and I've lost good horses so I know how important they are to have and keeping them maintained and not just running them into the ground so once they're good it's just keeping them ready and understanding that hey I'm ready too. a lot of young guys and I know I got into it, they just keep running steers on their good horse because they need that reinforcement of, I can do it, I can mm -hmm. do it, I can do it. But then they lose their good horse, and you can't do it without the good horse. So it's keeping that one maintained and at operating at a high level. And uh, having good communication with your partner. Some of the, the best partners I've had were good communication. Mm -hmm and them understanding what's going on, you understanding what they have going on. Definitely since I've headed, I feel like I'm a way better partner. Mm -hmm. So a couple things that I've uh, tried to do now that I'm back on healing is you understand the problems that they're having. Mm -hmm. Not that you're over there helping them because I don't really believe in that, but understanding it and maybe giving them support. And I don't know what the word Encouragement, yeah. yeah. Even at our level, that that's extremely important, and I think that's something I do better now than I've done before. Mm -hmm. When I was uh, before I headed, because I understand the difficulties that they're going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I I've really seen a good feedback in a partnership from that. Mm -hmm. So your guy's horse rares out at the rodeo, and not that I was the guy that throwed your rope or whatnot, but you get frustrated, right? Well, now, 
what positive encouragement can do in that moment to the team can pay dividends down the road. Okay. You know, just saying, hey, it happens, don't worry about it. If you need to score, I've got these properties available. Let them make their own choice or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, just tell them we'll get them next time. And having them know that you're on the team is real important to the team chemistry. Uh, something I've been watching a lot of, I, I like paying attention to sports and the top guys, not, spe not specific teams, but top um, individuals, right, and how they lead. And that's kind of what's gotten me onto that is all the great guys have a way of being a great team member. Some of that is taking responsibility when it is your fault. Some of it's taking responsibility when it's not your fault for the, the good of the team, mm -hmm. you know. And all of the good leaders in any sport seem to be able to do that. And I imagine, um, you know, Levi I probably know less than, than most of the guys just because he's not he's not out there he's not around just as much as everybody else um but i will always remember levi beer won the world at the nfr i i so admired how he carried himself his um how humble he was talk about how you think your partnership with levi is going to fit as far as your personalities we're real similar in in a good way mm -hmm. Uh, pretty laid back both of us and you always start and it fits good to begin with or whatnot but I, I've got high hopes for this team I think uh, this is the guy that can get me there and if I can help get him back to the finals I think it gives us both a good chance to be successful in that barn I mean one thing, that, stop, one thing I've noticed is his, he, he's roped in the small buildings in Canada mm -hmm. for so long when you have to go fast his first swing is so smooth he can just come right out of it and stick it on him so mm -hmm. uh this year you know i've talked to I, I you know i haven't made the nfr in three years so i've lost most of my sponsors besides the people that i are my family and my close family even my my close family in the industry mm -hmm. classic ropes classic equine those guys are the best but i've talked to my other sponsors and this year i think this is a great chance for me to get back and uh, we're going to put all everything, everything in that basket to uh, to get us back. What horses are in the trailer? Uh, well, that's the what we're we're talking about. I've got one that I like. Um, I really would like something to go with him, to pair with him. Last year, uh, Buckaloo did a great job heading. Um, my horses were probably a little bit green. We went from 60 to 19 just very rapidly, and then. Heel horses fell apart. I leased my old roan back, and then we struggled as a team after that. But uh, this year, moving forward, trying to put horses in the trailer, trying to get something now before Reno that uh, we don't have that same same problem. Mm -hmm. Levi's horse is at his prime right now, mm -hmm. and that's why. Does he ride that ball face, or that blaze face horse mm -hmm. still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's sound, mm -hmm. and he's he's in his prime, and that's that's, awesome. that's why. Mm -hmm. I've talked to, you know, the people that I have behind me and told them what I've thought, and I'm going to get something else to go with that horse that um, just gives us the best chance to get back. Mm -hmm. The rodeo industry, it seems like it's very hard to make ends meet until you get to Vegas, and then things become a lot simpler when you leave Vegas with a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, the next year just 
falls into place, and that's the the um, that's the game, mm-hmm. and that's fine, right? That's the game we've decided to play, and the guy just needs to play it correctly. And the horse I remember you most with is Sports Center. Mm-hmm. Is Sports Center still around? Yeah, Sports Center is a calf horse now. He's a calf horse now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, he was an outstanding calf horse when I bought him, but he was toasted in the box. Mm-hmm. Now he scores amazing, and uh, the, he's outstanding. He would work at any mm-hmm. level in the calf roping. They're they're healing on him too, but the who the, has him? Uh, his name's Matt Glover. Mm-hmm. He's a high school kid, outstanding family, great place for the horse to be. The kid ropes calves extremely well. That's his passion. That's what he wants to do. He's got great calf horses, and it just so happens that they bought a heel horse, and he fits right in with the calf horses. Mm -hmm. He still heals on him too, but Mm -hmm. he's uh, good. Pretty, pretty outstanding calf horse. And no timed event for you this year? No. uh, First year I went, I still have back problems from the first year. I'm not very good bulldogger, (laughs) and it kind of came to a point. I don't know if it's just age. I'm not even that old, but you have to decide what you are. You know, I feel like I what I what I am and what I like to do. I like to head, I like to heal, and I like to ride colts. And if I mess my back up, none of that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's bad enough now where if I'll ride a couple rough horses, I just I got to go to the chiropractor. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I I want to go help. I love the timed event. It's a great great event. Awesome to watch guys do different things, and I want to help the guys that win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this year I'm going to help Terrio. I think he's got a great chance to win. I don't have a, a second guy, mm-hmm. but I'm going to head and heel for him. And I might pick up somebody, but it's a, an event that I want to stay a part of. I want to go watch. I think it's over the top of the Hork Dog this year, but oh, it is, dang it! It's yeah. a, mm-hmm. it's an event that I really. They they've got team ropes every day. I remember when the first list came out that had you on it for the timed event, I said something to Troy. I was like, Shay Carroll's going to do the timed event. And my husband was like, well, yeah, he's, he's like meant for it. And I didn't realize that. Well, I started bulldogging my junior year of high school for that reason. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to do. Then I started calf roping in the PRCA that, in 2016 for that reason mm-hmm. because I kept trying to get in. And I don't know where I forgot how to bulldog and do not want to get off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really that for, I mean, I'm not very good anyway, but I do not like to get off. Mm-hmm. I, it was kind of, here's a funny story. <laughs> a lot of great bulldoggers were willing to help me. So there was Hunter Cure. When Hunter was helping me, there was at least maybe five NFR guys there that day mm-hmm. helping me, helping me. I run by the, and then I go to uh, Jason Thomas's house mm-hmm. to bulldog. And I run by the first 12. <laughs> and these guys are giving me so much trouble. <laughs> And they're like, are you scared to get off? And I'm like, yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> and I don't remember that when I was a junior, senior mm-hmm. in high school. I bulldogged in college. But I don't like to get off. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, every day you're working on your rope horses to be bridled up and just loping around and gentle and slowing down. And, and then I you just, get on a bulldogging horse I don't and like an O-ring. And <laughs> I don't like getting off. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So it's just something I need to not need to work on you don't need and to work on it ever year, again right last year i wanted to draw out i really did before that reason mm-hmm. and when it got time i thought it was too late and i thought it was be inconsiderate to the people at the timed event because it was too late to replace him and then i have a kid a young kid 
that I help, and he's like 11 or 12. I help him once a week with his healing, and his dad texts me saying that they got their tickets and they're coming to watch. Uh. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make myself back out. So I went over there, and I told myself I wasn't going to re-jump. And I actually, I think I got three times in the bulldog. And if you would give me three tens and two no times, I'd probably enter. <laughs> like, I'll just start with three tens and two no times and see how it goes, because I think I could finish in the top three doing that. I think so. But, uh, yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Shay. Thanks again to our sponsors at ManaPro. ManaPro is a recognized leader in the care and nurturing of pets with roots back to 1842 and long established brands in companion pet, equine, backyard chicken, and small animal categories. ManaPro's product is Cetal M, and you can check that out at scorejointhealth.com.